This is an irregularly regular podcast recorded on the various lands of First Nations peoples that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It is the air that is breathed and the water that nourishes and provides, but ownership of land remains unresolved. Respects are paid to elders past and present in the ongoing quest for self-determination and reclamation of land. Hello. So it's another one-person show tonight. Reason being is a few things I need to announce. First thing is that um, this is the tenth episode, I believe. Yeah, ten episodes in, and at this point, I think I am in a position to actually come up with a real name for this podcast. <laughs> It was a very protracted effort to try to come up with a name. Um, it did involve a lot of community feedback, and the votes are in. So what the name of the podcast is going to be is Thorn in Your Side. I need to switch around those buttons because it feels like the applause is really uh, getting in the way of a good Skype chat right now. Yeah, Thorn in Your Side. Uh, that's what um, people tended to like in the poll that I put up during the week or in a bit. But the other thing as well is that with that particular voting process, there is a, a number of layers that Facebook introduces to, to set up a poll. If you can imagine the actual site, which I have for my podcast on Facebook, like my actual podcasting page, that which uh, I now have some homework to change the name of, but you can't just set up a poll there instantaneous i had to like create a facebook group within the page and then within that group i had to create a poll and even there when people voted i wasn't necessarily sure how transparent the poll would be because it's not exactly like a secret ballot so i think once you voted everyone could see i don't know i think with the turnout there was a salient enough result that suggests to me a mandate to call this podcasting project of mine thorn in your sight and I don't mind it. It sounds like a quite a playful name. Could be seen on a variety of levels. The most obvious thing there is that my surname is Thorn, hence the riff. But it's also not only figure of speech, but lyric in a song title, or is it the actual song name, or a bit of both? I don't know. I am tempted to to actually try pop it onto the episode and see how long things will last before I, I get a copyright notice from the respective estate of the artist to whom I have lifted such material. Dunno. I've got a podcast name, but still going to have to suss out just to what extent I am going to risk things in order to keep this podcast going. I think it's been quite a milestone to have 10 episodes in, get the technology happening, get the audio quality happening, some people that have been happy to actually be interviewed and there's been a bit of a routine established here. All things considered, it hasn't been a bad run so far. Now that I have a name, hopefully this will add an extra step to the, the evolution of this little project. Thorn in your side. Let's see how it goes. As I mentioned before, the podcasting episodes are happening weekly. Um, it started off by being a sporadic thing, podcasts here and there. I did have it at fortnightly at one point, but that was subject to whether I can get my head around uh, the actual tech and hardware. The learning curve was nice 
and even and over time I was able to get my head around how to set stuff up although I still find that there's gremlins within the gear there is a whole bunch of buttons and dials and switches and stuff to to make sure it's going on I am half tempted to to write a bit of a checklist (laughs) to make sure I've done everything right to ensure that everything's going to work because I always tend to find there's one thing I've forgotten in terms of trying to set everything up I am a list person I'm all about being organized, so perhaps maybe a a checklist might be the way to go. (laughs) Maybe I can put it out to the community again, (laughs) like I did with the actual podcast name. Everyone, come up with your best checklist and the best checklist that will get in. No, I don't think I'll be that austere. Democracy has been good enough with coming up with a name. So from here, I think what I will also look to do is is come up with extra features as well. Uh, some title card pictures and logos wouldn't go astray. I've got a comrade and mate in the works that's going to work on that. I think step one was for them to actually get a name to work with. So hopefully that will prompt some suitable visual material. And I think I might also try to, to get some new music in there as well. At the moment, I'm relying on stuff that's been lifted that is free to use amongst the public. So it's open to the public domain, the stuff that you've heard quite routinely now. Um, comrade mates be interested in the potential of coming up with some new musical material as well. And hopefully it allows me to make this project has some sort of community ownership about it. It's not just me running it. Um, it's something that, um, that a collection of people have contributed to. I think that's nice in terms of what uh, the content that I'm trying to create within this podcast as well as the stuff that has effectively constructed this podcast channel and this podcast show. If there's anyone else who's got any ideas out to make this thing a little bit better, please let me know. So far, I've had name ideas, uh, (laughs) which um, got put to the vote, of course, which I just spent the last friggin' five minutes talking about. But also other ideas have involved actually branching out into other platforms. So at the moment I'm using Podbean and I'm using Audacity to record and, you know, got all the different knickknacks now to ensure something that sounds good at least. Other ideas have involved moving on to YouTube. I don't know what that'll look like, whether people want to see my mug on video uh, on, as a stream. Uh, that's the other idea as well. I'm doing a live stream of an episode I do feel a bit of comfort with the idea of being able to record and then take things back and edit so I can get rid of the bogany type stuff that tends to happen uh, when I do a a rough rough initial recording. So a lot of arms, a lot of R's, a lot of verbal tics. Um, Yeah, ah, so that, you know, that sort of shit. And plus, I tend to uh, omit a lot of the swear words as well in the final edit. And I've noticed quite self-consciously that I, that I have been doing a bit more of the swears more than usual. Maybe that's what one does when left to their own devices, being a lone wolf. They, they tend to swear more. Is that a psychological thing? Who knows? I'm sure there's research material on it. If anyone happens to find stuff, please let me know and I'll add it to a link to the episode. Sarcasm start, sarcasm end. So... Those are the the intentions of the podcast moving on. So I'm happy for it to to remain as a a weekly thing. Try to keep it around the 20 to 40 minute mark. I'm noticing that seems to be a happy window. I remember when I started off, this tended to balloon out to about an hour or so. While that seems to be a a suitable amount of time in other podcasts, for me, um, I don't know, I have a short attention span. Unless it's particularly engaging, world-moving, 
or it's going to basically change the the way that I would do my own day-to-day things. I'm not going to stick around and invest my time for an hour's worth of podcast, unfortunately. With that in mind, I, I try to um, keep my own episodes to around the 20 to 30 minute mark. Although if there is some added jibber, then I'm happy to go over time a bit and stretch it out to a good 40. So that's the form that I've tried in the that were the last few podcasts that I've, I've done. Another type of uniformity that I've attempted to introduce. So I'm hoping that um, that's set a scene in terms of what is going to happen with this podcast. And I do think that the, there is still room for further evolution of said podcast. So, thorn in your side. There you go. So what else has been happening with me since since I've been doing this podcast? Well, while I've been interviewing people, I, I was on the tail end of my uni degree. I was studying a master's. I can say that in the, in the past tense now because it's, it's been done. It's in the can. Yeah, in the can. So still kind of recovering. It was a very tough slog. Looking back on it, I, I don't think I've really stopped Either that's been through virtue of uh, personal commitments that I've had, uh, my full-time job, full-time jobs actually, because um, I was between jobs at one point, really had to scramble to, to find some income. So it's been a bit of a juggling act. And over the last couple of years, I can't really think of having a real break. And I, I really did kind of feel it this year, notwithstanding the pandemic. Um, I think so far that's really been an isolating thing and it, the isolating stuff has, has kind of happened. <laughs> I've just noticed in the last month there, there was a lot of physical-based fatigue. Um, I did start feeling a bit dizzy towards the end there, having to think all the time and write. I was also using an extra other part of my brain as well for the full-time job and, and also the, the activist stuff, although you could regard this podcast as activist work, but still involving a, a different area of your brain compared to, to other aspects of activist organising and activist project delivery. <laughs> uh, quite a wearying effort. With each day, I, I kind of feel a bit more happier that I've accomplished it. But keeping that in check, because I feel that that's a sense of liberal happiness, because I didn't want to do the degree as a way of some sort of attaining of status, um, you know, being a master. Uh, or it's something that I can put in my resume to, to basically upgrade my current professional life. No, it was something that, that I wanted to do in the full sense of going to university. While it has given me a, a wheelhouse of new skills over the last few years, it's also helped me understand the world a bit better. I did submit a thesis that, that kind of complements that, but also an unexpected obstacle has been the actual grind in the last two years. And I, I put a lot of that down to changes that were happening within the, the way that unis are administered. You could say that with the introduction of the, the pandemic, it has impacted upon universities quite dramatically. But for me, it, it seems to have been an ongoing progression from prior to the pandemic. For my story, when I started the degree, I did notice that there was, and this is compared to back when I did my honours degree, which was going back 15 years before, on this lap around the block, there was so much more online aspect. The face-to-face lectures and tutorials were still there, but everything is online, man. The study material, the assignments, how to do everything. That was the other thing, like, in my prior degrees. If I had a question, I could ask a human. 
I could rock up to administration's office or I could go to a faculty and I could knock on a door and I could say, hello, ABC, and then I get XYZ and then it's like I'm on my merry way. I'm sorted. But this time around, the onus is on you to try and figure it out just through clicking on different pages. I did notice that a lot of the material on the website, the uni websites, were blasé. Some of it was a, a bit of a hidden language in terms of I think you need to be a student to and be around the traps for at least a year before you understood what the fuck was going on. Maybe there needs to be some sort of competency test to pass in order to first understand how uni online resources work. It was a bit rough there for the first few months trying to, to figure all that stuff out because whenever you tried to ask someone, you know, you'd call someone because you sure as hell weren't going to find anyone on campus or wait in line for ages for the, the admin office. You'd ask a question and it's then the answer would be, well, what does the incident say, you know? Turn it on and off again, that sort of shit. That was quite um, that was quite a culture shock to start off with. I was kind of feeling like a like a, a boomer. It's like back in my day, people would actually give me an, an answer, and they liked it. Um, these days, it was like just go on the internet, Grandpa. Use the internet. Click your life away. So that was basically my first year amongst the study, and then once that that kicked in, then by the second year, I was mugging. It's like, <laughs> look at these punks that don't know their internets. The, just that online aspect that one must might, that need to get their head around. The other thing is that the that University of New South Wales, the the place where I did my degree, introduced, and this was my challenge or my Herculean labour for the second year was that everything was compressed into a trimester system, and that's where I didn't get any break. the The way that they tried to fit trimesters into a previous semester system meant significant eating into semester breaks, compression of what was previously semester materials into complete trimesters and a further acceleration of the online stuff because there just literally wasn't people around and the ones that were around were suddenly being foisted a third more work. The lecturers definitely knew about it. My thesis supervisor definitely reflected upon these commitments to me and I, I could definitely feel feel for them for, for what they've needed to do. And uh, suddenly also a lot of stuff that they're doing that they're not necessarily getting paid. And to that extent, Marx is right. With this uh, semester, trimester compression thing, oh, surplus labour is up. People suddenly doing a whole lot more, but still on the previous pay packet. This real subtle introduction of further work and it all happened so quickly there really wasn't a way to properly verify it although the ones that that have experienced the, this accelerated form of labor are definitely there to experience it and lab test it but who is around to hear them and who is around to respond and this pandemic uh, which is basically the the final chapter of my degree um, really set the nail in the coffin where at the moment, you're just seeing a whole bunch of people just faffing through the day. Where there was once a glimmer of hope to actually review to see if this system was working, there is no time for that review. It's been a case of leaks on a boat, and if there is a leak, plug it. So I'm wondering from here just how many more fingers universities have, <laughs> how many fingers they can draw from their staff pool to actually plug holes in the boat. If academics and administrators weren't really feeling the pinch with the the new trimester system they're certainly feeling it now the solution has been to just continue accelerating what was put in place and i think that's the new challenge that this pandemic presents like we're all 
as a community worker, there's been a pressure upon me to, to be told I need to come up with innovative new ways of doing my work, uh, particularly since the, the face-to-face aspect of my work is now quite minimal. Fortunately, I've had the latitude to have a bit of a think and a bit of a test around to see what's going to work and what's not going to work and also checking in with other people to see what they're doing and and what's best practice elsewhere and then whatever I can adopt. But within this university sector, it just seems like a a lot of do this, try that, well, not necessarily try that, do this, do it, and do it a bit more if you can do it. It, uh, I finished my degree and I'm wondering if um, whilst I have finished my degree, there might still be a few more things to say on the matter to the uni as a concerned student and alumnus. But maybe that's just me just wearing my activist hat as I am want to do and as I am inspired to do. And I guess a byproduct of that is through creation of a podcast channel such as this. As a final nail in the coffin, upon completing my studies... There is no graduation for me because uni has found that there's just no capacity to do so under the the current pandemic limitations. There'll be no face-to-face event. You just get your degree in the mail, that's it. Maybe do an Instagram picture, buy a cheap hat from the $2 shop that would resemble a mortarboard. Or you could just make your own. I'm sure there's a Google site where you get some pretty glossy cardboard and just chop it all up and then um, make your own mortarboard and have a picture of yourself with your degree, you know. (laughs) that's the type of initiatives that our leaders are are asking upon us, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, It's all fucked. But for me personally, I'm not too upset about not going to a graduation because for me, yeah, I don't need that closure. I don't need that that motivation, um, that ego thing. But if it was for something, it's for my parents, you know, because I am, for my own family at least, family that I know and the family I'm still in contact with. I'm a bit of a trailblazer. I'm doing degrees within a family where even year 10, year 12 stuff may or may not have been achieved. That isn't bragging. That's the fact that in order to be able to live my life, this is stuff I've needed to do. If I was in a world where I could live, live just be able to live, um, not worry about um, when my next meal or my means of shelter was going to happen, and if I didn't need to have uni degrees in order to achieve all of that, then I wouldn't have gone to uni. But the reality is, in order to to be economically secure, particularly within this day and age where the burden is increasingly placed upon the person to ensure said security, then I needed to do the degrees. And that's, for me, that's fulfilling a debt to my parents. They put me here and that's something that, that I wanted to pay back, just the fact that that I am doing the best that I can. And it would have been nice to have a graduation to in on that, but no graduation. They don't, didn't even consider the idea of maybe postponing it and referring it to another time. No. The cheap thing is to just basically call the whole thing off. And I think that sucks. I know when I first got the news, it definitely stirred a, an unexpected emotional reaction within me. You know, I needed to have a few cries over it and... Uh, now that I've got that out of my system, it's it's left me with enough confidence to be able to podcast and talk about it. But there is still an underlying anger. And that's been my experience being at uni, that while I smashed out the degree, or while I grinded it out rather, while I juggled it with a number of personal commitments and professional ones, I'm an activist-y ones, because I know this is all a fucked up arrangement. The response needs to be something that's a little bit more sane, uh, something that 
the professional and the personal worlds might necessarily be able to deliver at this point in time, but perhaps a new activist way might be able to, to provide something. This has been an experience evidential to me of a crumbling tertiary sector where there has been attempted fixes introduced to try to dem bleeding. As I mentioned before, there's the, the all the online stuff that was suddenly been introduced, trying to compress studies further so there can be a greater turnover of students coming in and out and therefore a greater revenue stream for the university. And then a pandemic that's been introduced to blow all of that out of the water. Because, I mean, with this compression of study, uh, if there is students that are particularly interested in turning in and out, it was international students. But with this pandemic, borders are most definitely entrenched and it's very hard now for international travels to be undertaken. And so there goes university's cash cow. New ideas need to be made. Although I, I'm thinking the, the solution is just going to be a more grandeur application of online means. So it looks like Zoom is going to get more money in the pocket in terms of how they might introduce further business as they open up their tertiary education wing of their enterprise. So that's me for this episode. One's to launch the new name, Thorn in Your Side. Um, if I say it enough times, it will stick in my head, let alone my listeners. <laughs> I'll keep up the, the weekly episodes and I will be able to put more attention to it now that um, I'm not necessarily a shit-kicking uni student anymore. So there it is, folks. I'm around and this continues to be a project that grows and hopefully it'll bring more people to the conversation and more people to the pending activities and responses that need to be happening right now in these uncertain times where there needs to be new approaches and new means and increased methods of political activity. Catch you later.